And welcome to the fourth episode of a Yeah Guys podcast, season two. Uh, I am your host, Aram, and I'm joined with the whole team, Parker, Tony, and Josh. And uh, we'll just get right into it here. Uh, Parker, your Bears, they didn't have a first-round pick, but it looks to me here they still got some good value uh, from the second round. So if you want to just get right into it with Kyler Gordon, you can you can start it up here. Yeah, so uh, just a, a few quick things. You know, obviously we're not going to really know, uh, you know, his uh, status until we, you know, see him play. But from his his college tape, I mean, he looked very big, physical, uh, great, you know, all-around ball skills, um, open field uh, tackler, and was uh, a pretty big, uh, like, stripper as well of the ball. So that's things that you look for in a cornerback. Uh, but uh Definitely excited to see what he can do next to Jalen Johnson. Uh, you know, throwing the lackluster cornerbacks out on the field last season was just uh, a very embarrassing thing to watch. So a position of need um, that, you know, we tackled there. And then uh, the uh, pick after that, uh, Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. He uh, looks to be a big physical hard hitter, a great tackler. Very high uh, football IQ and, uh, you know, ball skills as well. So I'm going to guess that uh, they're going to kind of throw uh, Eddie Jackson back to what he kind of was in the 2018 season um, and throw uh, Brisker down in to be the kind of um, linebacker of, of sorts. But also I have no idea because they did uh, go to a 4-3. So... Maybe we'll have our safeties just sitting in the back, uh, in the backfield there. But um, and then our third round pick, Vilas Jones Jr., uh, out of Tennessee, wide receiver. Uh, he's uh, kind of gotten gotten criticized for being a uh, like older rookie because I believe he is twenty four. He might be twenty five when the season starts, which is like pretty old for a rookie. But um, that doesn't. Uh, you know, take away from his uh, attributes, which he looks to be pretty strong, uh, broken tackles, fast, quick cuts, uh, can definitely catch the ball, uh, is very um, explosive, and he does have good uh, kick returner skills as well. So uh, those three uh, top three uh, picks, I think, address, you know, needs on our team for sure. But um, I think next year will be the year that we really see Ryan Poles, uh, you know, put a, a draft uh, class together because he will have his own scouts, his own people in the building and stuff like that. So uh, this draft class, uh, just kind of uh, building the roster up, I uh, traded back a number of times to get, uh, you know, more picks in, in later rounds. Uh, Dominique Robinson, uh, I believe he was a steal at uh, pick 174 in the fifth round, but uh, he was a, a very highly touted uh, edge rusher coming out, so I'm kind of excited to see, you know, what he can do in uh, depth situations, uh, as well as Elijah Hicks at safety in the seventh round. We also picked up a punter uh, because we let go of um, Pat O'Donnell uh, this offseason, and he went to the nasty green and yellow up north, but uh, uh, definitely drafted a lot of, uh, positions of need, uh, a few tackles, a few guards. Yeah, well, actually, just one guard, but one guard and one center. So definitely address the offensive line. You know whether those guys will get in, uh, will behold. But 
we definitely have a lot of question marks on the roster right now. So I wouldn't be shocked if some of these guys got, you know, a chance to uh, start. But that's pretty yeah. much the Bears uh, draft class this year. Parker, if I could maybe go into the Jaquan Brisker pick. And, Tony, I think I need your help here because I think there was a game this year where Penn State was backed up um, against their own end zone, and Brisker came up with a big – I don't know if it was him or another defensive player on that team to – I think it may have been against Michigan or some really big team, and it was I a think big I remember game. It, it was, like, on the goal line, like, fourth down or something like that. And he right, like and just – even not not just that play, but the the whole drive and even the game uh, during the game before that play, he was unbelievable too. So I had to look him up just to make sure that was the right guy. And I think the Bears will have a steal in him just yeah. based off of what I was seeing on the field. So if this guy can stay healthy, I think he can be used in many different right. ways. So I think it was a good right. pick on their part. Um, and just looking around there, yeah, they're they're hitting some good needs for them. Uh, you can tell they they want to. I take a look at the offensive line, protect um, Justin Fields, um, and also uh, revamp their defense, which they're known for. So overall, Parker, uh, are you satisfied with, with what the Bears did? Just preliminary looking at the numbers and based off the players themselves in college, are you happy with what the Bears did? I mean, I would say um, that they probably should have tried to uh, – take a, a better receiver maybe higher but I also can't really argue with Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker so I think both those guys are going to be day one starters on the defensive side of the ball so um, it's kind of hard to to argue with that and the Bears did just sign a few older um, you know veteran uh, receivers uh, the other day so I think it's it's harder to find a really good safety or a really good cornerback. Um, you know, receivers, there's a lot of free agent uh, receivers right now that can easily, you know, plug in. So um, I would say, yeah, for the amount of picks that they started with to what they ended with, I would say that they they did a pretty good job um, hitting needs and uh, trading back and acquiring more picks in the later rounds, having three uh, sixth round picks and three seventh round picks whether those guys you know get in or not it just is putting more depth on the team which you know is always good so yeah, and I'm sure next year's draft class will have plenty of wide receivers too so uh, and trading the up Bears you and... have their first round pick next year as well so uh, like I said earlier I think this was just kind of a, of a roster builder and next year they might you know, take some some swings at some some pretty you know high positions, or even trading up and stuff like that. Just they just didn't have the capital this year, so. Right. It, there seems to be. It's kind of weird to say it, but there seems to be kind of like a healing process for the Bears roster. They're just getting good yeah, players I, on the team. I've seen a lot of 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 hate on this team uh, of of late on on polls, um, especially, but. I don't think that a lot of people know that, uh, you know, he had to, like, acquire all of this cap debt. You know, they still have max roster for this – or uh, max uh, salary for this year, and that's, you know, not a cheap uh, cheap amount. So it's it's just, like, a lot of, of bad decisions that uh, Pace made when he was leaving that he kind of just has to deal with with this, uh, you know, in his first year here. And, you know, next year he'll have all the 
the cap, I believe he has like $121 million, I think, next year, which is number three is uh, the projected amount for next year. So, you know, a lot of cap uh, money, and he's going to have a first-round pick, which if the team, you know, doesn't do good this year will be high or, you know, whatever. But I I do think that uh, it's it's just going to take time. Yeah, gotcha. Well, that's a good analysis, Parker, and we'll, we'll hop over to Miami. Uh, Josh, the, the Dolphins didn't have a lot of picks to play with, but uh, just based off the four picks, do you think uh, they got some good value out of those? I don't know, man. I There's some mixed reviews on, on this draft class, and I, and I can honestly understand why some people are kind of disappointed in it. Um, I mean, Channing Tindall, I do expect him to make the rotation. Uh, interior linebacker was probably one of our largest needs position-wise, and Obviously, with the Tyreek Hill trade, you know, we were much more aggressive in, in free agency. And I would argue they actually did a really good job with the undrafted free agents as well. Um, I think that that's, that's more so the way that we kind of had to build the team with the limited draft capital we had. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Tendall, uh, I mean, he was a rotation guy at Georgia, you know, obviously him and uh, Nicobe Dean. Um, and so I think that he will crack the rotation. The round four pick was probably one of the most surprising, I believe, drafting a wide receiver when it already felt like we were relatively deep at that position. Uh, I think the expectation for Eric, uh, I don't even want to try to pronounce his last name, but I think like I think the expectation for him is honestly like compete for wide receiver four because you brought in Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle, you brought in Cedric Wilson, so there's your top three. And so it's going to be a competition competition probably between him and maybe maybe Preston Williams, may, maybe for the fourth or fifth spot. So I actually really like that pick. I think he's a very solid receiver. I think he's really fast, so he brings yeah, that time. He's maybe. definitely a Mike McDaniel guy, like a, a yards after catch guy. Um, right. So I, I definitely understand it, but it just felt like that was the position where we already had a lot of depth. Um, so it right. was – it was an, I, I, a surprising pick, I guess, to say the least. And then, obviously, after round four, we don't have anything except for seventh-round picks, you know. So, again, not a whole lot to work with. Another outside linebacker, uh, he'll probably just be a depth piece. And, I mean, when you get around seven guys, you know, you're – I mean, some of these guys will just compete to make the practice squad at this point. I will say uh, drafting a quarterback in the seventh round was also kind of a surprise. Um it, it makes sense because, I mean, realistically, uh, two was on the last year of his contract, I believe. He does have a team option for next year. But, you know, we don't, we don't know if they're going to pick that up yet or not. And then Teddy Bridgewater is only on a one-year contract. So, at the very least, you know, we probably do need a depth, uh, you know. So maybe he can make it as a future backup maybe. But as a seventh-round pick, you know, nobody's really expecting this guy to come in and compete with Tua. Uh, so, that, that was a surprising pick. I think a lot of fans' biggest gripe is that we didn't address uh, offensive line, a line that was quite possibly the worst of all time last year. Um, but, like, uh, the Dolphins' approach, like I said, it's been a, to hit hard in free agency. So, you know, Teron Armstead, I believe it was Lyle Collins they brought in. Uh, either way, they've, they've attacked the offensive line in free agency. And with a few uh, – or with the – bunch of uh, offensive line picks that we've had in the past 
uh, they didn't want to reach on one again, I guess, which I'm not opposed to. Uh, hopefully, uh, the issue with the offensive line was more on coaching than talent. I believe we had a couple of guys that we drafted out of college, you know, coming from zone schemes and trying to switch over in the NFL, and they just struggle. So hopefully going back to zone can kind of play to their strengths. And I believe that the Dolphins front office, if they didn't go with offensive line I, or center at least, I, I think that they believe that they have the talent. They just have to coach them up. So overall, I mean, it's it's an all right draft. But, like, even as a fan, I don't feel like I can give it much better than, like, a, a B, B minus. Like, it's, you only have one, maybe two players and that are going to compete to uh, for playing time, in my opinion. And you know, limited draft capital. So not a great draft, I don't think, uh, but overall still a good offseason for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's tough to ask a front office to build a draft board starting with the 100th pick in the draft. So I'm sure, I mean, whatever player they got, they they probably planned on him, um, I guess, playing in some role on the team. So we'll see. Uh, It is interesting to see Skylar Thompson come uh, uh, draft with with the seventh round. So uh, we'll see uh, how that works out. And uh, uh, Tony, kind of the same situation with the Buccaneers, but they have um, they had a couple of uh, uh, fourth round picks and uh, two second round picks. Um, so if you want to get into that, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So the first, really, the first three, about three or four picks, is kind of what I had my eye on with Logan Hall, Luke uh, Gadecki. Rashad White and uh, Kate Otten, those are all pretty much areas that they needed um, some more depth as well as just to improve on those. Obviously, kind of with the defensive line a little bit, you know, they're kind of old. So adding a young guy named uh, or a young guy like Logan Hall, who's been pretty explosive at Houston, definitely a need. Um, Losing uh, Alex Kappa, excuse me, in in the free agency, how they kind of help with that is they draft – Luke Gadecki, um, who is pretty solid. Um, Rashad White helps with the loss of Ronald Jones, losing him in free agency. So, again, you can see that one. And then Kate Otten. Again, the the, the tight end position is a little bit up in the air um, with Gronk. Not, I don't think he's confirmed that he's going to come back yet, but either that it would be Cameron Brait. So just some added depth at the tight end off uh, position would be really good. Um, we see the uh, drafted another punter, kind of like the Bears route. Um, I guess why not? Um, let's see. I think Andre Anthony, I think he could be a sleeper pick uh, taken in the seventh round there. Um, he only played three games um, last year before sustaining a pretty tough knee injury. Um, what I read, uh, he had eight tackles uh, four tackles for losses and three and a half sacks in just three games. Um, so, I mean, if, if he would have been able to play the full 2021 season, I think those numbers would have been a, a lot higher. And I think he would have gone a lot higher than a seventh round pick, but I think he's another definite uh, defensive line contribution that could help them moving forward. Um, I, I, I think I pointed out Rashad White in a, in a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, on a player that I think could break out. And he ended up going to Tampa Bay, and I think it's a good spot for him um, because they're a uh, they're top offense. They'll be getting to the red zone, and I think Rashad White will be that player where, where you'll see. They, he won't get a lot of volume, I don't think, but when they need him in the right. red zone, I think he'll I think he'll uh, cash it, and we'll, we'll see him 
get a few touches down there, maybe even get in the end zone a couple of times. So um, I yeah. think the Buccaneers are they're probably going all all in this year. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Tom I think so Brady. Too. What was it a one year deal or two year deal for for Tom coming back? I'm pretty sure it was a one year deal. I think I think it was a one year yeah. deal. That that doesn't surprise me. I think they're going to go all in. So uh, they have the pieces. They got a pretty solid draft, and we'll see if. Uh, uh, they can make another run for it, but uh, we'll we'll hop over to the Vikings yeah. side. Um, and there they did get a first round pick, and they ended up trading uh, that away. Um, and uh, I'll put one stipulation on this: if Kyle Hamilton becomes a Hall of Fame All Pro type of player, um, then obviously we can go back to this draft and say what a dud uh, of a first round the Vikings had. Obviously, but uh, just looking at what the Vikings did, they didn't get. Um, I don't think they got enough value for where they traded, obviously, but what is kind of healing this <laughs> little debacle in the first round is the player they actually ended up drafting, uh, Lewis Seen. Uh, just watching his tape, he's aggressive, he's a hard hitter, and I think he's going to uh, fit in well with uh, what, what the Vikings are doing on defense. And um, I think matching that with Andrew Booth as well with the 42nd pick, I think uh, the Vikings' defense has gotten a lot better just with this draft. Um, and maybe we can kind of go back to some players you guys expect to maybe break out uh, for your teams. But one player for the Vikings is going to be Brian uh, Asamoa. Uh, just watching him, he's a very uh, kind of he's an electric linebacker. He doesn't um, fit the mold of a traditional linebacker, but just the way he plays, he he's athletic. He has ball skills. He can uh, basically cover the running back, which the Vikings have not done a great job in the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, if I were to pick a player to maybe crack the starting roster, not just the roster, but maybe get an opportunity to play week one, I would say uh, maybe Brian Asamoa um, has that chance just because he's so athletic. But uh, kind of just going down the list of the Vikings draft picks, the Caleb Evans, you can tell that the Vikings really wanted to address the cornerback situation, and they did yeah. in the first four rounds getting two cornerbacks. So, um, just kind of going down the list, I think maybe Ty Chandler has a chance to um, be a fit in Kevin O'Connell's offensive scheme. Um, I think Alexander Madison may be on his last year of his deal, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, and maybe he has a chance to maybe be a gadget player, but uh, kind of going down the list, maybe I don't see uh, a starting caliber player, maybe special teams, because the Vikings were not that good in special teams. And, the NFL draft kind of helps with that. So uh, we'll see you guys, especially Ed Ingram here. I think he has potential to maybe crack uh, a backup spot uh, with the team. But um, I think the Vikings offensive line is probably set for now. But um, maybe we can come back to this Lewis scene debacle and uh, how the Vikings <laughs> traded away their draft pick to division rivals. And um, I, I wasn't surprised just by the fact that uh, our GM is um, – data-driven and he doesn't do things the uh, conventional way. And it, I guess <laughs> his first opportunity to show that is in the draft trading uh, his pick with um, the Lions and the Packers later on. So uh, we'll kind of come back to this to see how it goes. But I do like the player the Vikings got uh, in Lewis scene. He's, he's very electric and I'm excited to watch him play. And I will not be surprised if he gets suspended one or two games for hitting somebody <laughs> illegally and then getting fined. So that's just the type of player he is. Um, so I, I better watch out for that. But uh, I'm happy with the draft for the Vikings. Um, it probably could have gone 
maybe even better if they did trade away their pick, but obviously we'll have to see how that goes. But um, I think that would, that's probably going to do it for the draft. Did you guys have any other thoughts? We'll, we'll start with Parker. Um, if you want to talk about maybe some players on the bears that um, may be electric on the field that no one's really talking about. Do you have a player in mind like that? Like that we drafted? Yeah, or that, or you can even maybe even go to a, a draft shocker in the second to seventh round if you saw one, or just overall overall thoughts on the draft. You know, it was a, a very kind of weird uh, draft. I mean, I have – let me go back and just look at the first round here. But, I mean, even the first overall pick, I mean, to me – I don't know if I would have went that route. I mean, I know we've we've been over this. I mean, he looks like a, a a a strong you know player, and he looks like a smart player and a good player. But number one overall, like to me, I think it's a little bit of a reach. I think Hutchinson, or even Gardner, for that matter, could have you know went that higher. You know, even one of those offensive linemen. But um, I think that you know we've seen a a lot of teams address needs uh, for sure. The Jets. Um, Carolina, the offensive line, um, Atlanta getting Ritter and um, Drake London there, two little uh, QB rookie combo there. Um, and then, and, Parker, how about how about we kind of talk about Malik Willis because you were you were high on him during the college season last year. So, uh, do you have yeah, any thoughts yeah. on that? That's actually a very interesting, uh, you know, QB situation there. I know that we've seen that these comments come out uh, about what's his name saying, oh, I don't, I'm not going to mentor him and all this, but I don't really think that that's uh, that big of a deal. But um, honestly, I think Malik Willis probably won't start this year, but if, if something happens down the, you know, down the stretch and, you know, Tannehill is, is playing bad, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him enter the, you know, enter the game if uh, need be. But um, I, I think that, that they definitely nailed it. Uh, they got their QB that they can kind of uh, mold in the next coming years. As Tannehill, I believe, is getting really old. I think he's 33. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's up there in age. So he uh, he's uh, getting up there, and they needed to uh, you know take a swing at a quarterback, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. So gotcha, um, Josh. When it comes to you, do you have any other? kind of shocking moments in the draft? Do you have a player that has the potential to kind of show out um, compared to where he was drafted? drafted? Uh, I don't I don't know that I have players in specific, but I wanted to go over like one or two teams that I thought had really good drafts and then one or two teams that I, I wasn't so high on. Um, so for me personally, uh, I'll start with the bad, I guess. Personally, got to throw some AFC East slander. Didn't think the Patriots had the best of drafts. Um, I agree. That was my opinion. My and I'm not saying theirs was the worst. I don't know for sure whose was like, you know, the absolute worst, absolute best. And I guess to some extent we'll have to wait and see how they play out. But I think it uh, it was Patriots and Commanders were two teams that had drafts that I weren't huge fans of. But then on the flip side of that, uh, two teams that I really thought they crushed it in the draft were the Texans and the Jets. And that one pains me to say as a as a Dolphins fan. Uh, again, like with the Jets, you know, a lot of that also, you know, on the inverse of the Dolphins, you know, where, you know, you don't have much draft capital. You know, the Jets had three first-round picks. So, uh, to some extent, I feel like their success is 
simply just because of the fact that they have, uh, you know, they had all that draft capital. But, um, yeah, I think they uh, – those are two teams that I, I definitely think uh, did a pretty good job in the draft. So, I mean, to some extent, I feel like if if you have a team that's not great to begin with and your positions of need are almost everywhere, you know, then drafting best player available also sets you up to have a better – overall draft but yeah so i just wanted to shout out the some of those teams gotcha uh, tony i don't mean to rush you but if you have any quick thoughts on uh the overall draft and maybe kind of go based off of what josh was saying too yeah uh definitely all over the place it was crazy to see the i mean i shouldn't say it's crazy to see because we all kind of expected it but see all the running backs taken in the second round um then all of a sudden we had all the quarterbacks taken in the third round uh and then Nicobe Dean falls all the way to the third round. We had him projected mm-hmm. top 20. Um, he's going to be playing with Jordan Davis, his teammate. Um, and then kind of thought, I, I didn't realize until I looked this up, but uh, Mr. Irrelevant was our buddy Brock Purdy from Iowa yeah. State, the quarterback <laughs> that we hyped up kind of a lot during the season. We thought, you know, he had first round talent, maybe second round. He is the final pick uh, drafted by San Francisco. So I thought that was kind of an interesting hey, Ron, I've got a quick question for you. This is going to kind of sure. throw you from here, okay? If Kellen Mond was in this year's draft, where would he fall amongst these quarterbacks? I would say probably up where um, maybe Ritter was, I would say, as a top quarterback. But seeing him play, obviously, doesn't perform like a top quarterback. But just coming out of the draft, he was looked at as um, a top five quarterback prospect. So I would say around where uh, Ritter, Malik Willis were maybe was uh, those two. I wasn't a big Mon fan. Like I watched him play in person against Clemson, and it's like yeah. I know Texas A&M might have done pretty well while he was there, but he never struck me as much more than like a, an average or slightly above average college quarterback. I personally was right. Never, but there was a lot of hype, maybe uh, maybe too much hype over around uh, around him, just maybe because of the games that he was playing and how close they were and how many big wins he had on the team. But just looking at how he plays quarterback, it's very unconventional. <laughs> and um, he didn't have a chance to prove himself this year. And I don't think he ever will, <laughs> especially with Kirk around. But um, he had his chance and he didn't look like an NFL-ready quarterback. So um, there was a lot. And it could be a situation for some of these quarterbacks too in the draft where um, maybe there is too much hype around them. And when they hit the field, it's just – a completely different story, but um, just based off of Mon's projections and uh, where people uh, assumed he would go, I think it would be around the top top five. But um, hopefully, the other quarterbacks in this draft don't end up like that. End up like Kellen Mond. Do you guys think that Kenny Pickett is really like that far above the other quarterbacks? No, like, I think he was overhyped too. But quarterbacks, yeah, he, he's I think a good quarterback, but he's overhyped. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So um, you guys have the schedules in front of you. Um, we'll start with you, Parker. Uh, what, first of all, uh, we, we got to make this a little quick, but um, overall thoughts on the schedule and what is your prediction for the season? Yeah, so uh, I believe we have, like, one of the, the weakest schedules. So, you know, that's fine with me. I'll you know take that, of course. But um, I think that uh, the Bears had a, a, a pretty generous schedule this year. I, I wrote it down here, my predictions. Um, I think that, you know, based on what I see, that, that there can go, you know, a, a really a, a pretty big range between 9 and 8 and 6 and 11. Um, 
some of those division games can be close and, you know, could flip, you know, the Bears like playing in Minnesota. So who knows if they win that game or not, but, um, and in Soldier Field. So um, I don't really know, but, uh, you know, nine and eight would be the absolute ceiling, which I believe would be kind of hard to, to hit in their first year. So I'm thinking more of between seven and 10 and six and 11. Gotcha. Gotcha. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, Dolphins are a tricky one, you know. Uh, their schedule difficulties, middle of the pack, which, you know, those are always subject to change come into the season. Um, mm. New coaching regime, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I feel like, realistically, the Dolphins could go anywhere between 6 and 11 and 11 and 6, honestly. Um, so, I mean, way too early. If I had to make a prediction, I'd hover around 10 and 7. But, like I said, way too early. We're keeping some receipts here. Tony, what about you? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'd like to say I'm kind of confident for the Buccaneers. Uh, they got a lot of tough opponents. Um, I don't want to, like, put too high of an expectation. So I'd say, like, 11 and 6. Like, between 11 and 6 and, like, 13 and 4 of a record. Because I don't think they can, you know, have, like, just a couple losses. I think they'll definitely have a couple uh, games that kind of trip them up, but I think they'll do pretty solid. Gotcha. How are you? Well, for, well, for the Vikings, I'm I'm just happy we don't have uh, more than five primetime games because those are five losses right there. Um, but the ones we do have, I think maybe so, so. The Vikings play in London, and I think technically, what is that? I think oh, it is an early game, so it's not prime time. So maybe they have a chance of winning that, but I do not expect. Uh, winning in Philly, <laughs> winning at home against the Patriots on Thanksgiving. That's just never the case. Um, and I think that's our only last uh, – that, that's our last primetime game. So I'm happy. We get a lot of noon to 3 o'clock games. Um, I expect the Vikings probably to go around 9 and 8. Um, and best-case scenario, 10 and 7. So um, that's if there's anything one. less than that, if, if there's anything Here, less than that, something really bad. We don't play on Monday night this year. I noticed that, and that's like the first time in five years. That has to have been a five-year stand of just playing the Bears on Monday Night Football and then playing the Bears uh, on week, uh, what, 17, 18. But, and we, uh, we do play again. Week 18, we but in Chicago. We're in Chicago this time. In Chicago. Really <laughs> week, the last week of the season in Chicago. So it's time for the Bears be- to break our hearts again. <laughs> I don't expect the Vikings to make any noise in the playoffs. I just want them to make the playoffs so I can be happy and disappointed at the same time. So, Amen to um, that. Yeah, so just kind of looking ahead, um, it's usually around maybe mid to late July where the teams start to gather for, for mini camp. So I expect to start making podcasts again around that time. But uh, we have a couple months of a break here. So uh, from a yeah, guys, to you, happy summer. Hope everybody uh, stays safe, and uh, we will see you guys when football season starts in July and August. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Bye-bye. Bye.